0: Hello, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another fabulous episode of My Orgasmic Life. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette. And today on the show, I have one of my newest, newest, favoriteest people that I've been getting to know, and I totally needed you guys to meet him. So that's why I brought him onto the show. We're going to have some really juicy conversations about... Well, I'm not going to give it away yet. You have to wait. You have to wait. I'm, you know me. I'm all about the teasing. Eventually, I'll please you, but you know it's all about the teasing, right? So, a little bit of housekeeping. Today's episode was brought to you by Tickle. Life. All right, my fabulous, mysterious, awesome guests. Introduce yourself to my tribe.
1: I love that you're one, one of your favorite people. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, so, hello, everyone in my tribe. My name is and I am a transgender man and I'm a blogger, vlogger, youtuber on all the really juicy topics that people don't often ask questions about but want to know about. That's the stuff I talk about. So gender transition, LGBT life, mental health. I'm out there with it. Yes.
0: <laughs> nice. So uh, I think we're, today we're gonna talk about your penis
1: yes ace topic we are going to talk about my penis my favorite topic
0: and why is your penis special like why do you get a whole show all dedicated to your penis
1: because i know a lot of my listeners
0: are going to be like how come you talk about his penis i'd love to talk about my penis but you won't let me talk about my penis so why am i getting to let you talk about your penis
1: Because my penis is extra special. That's why he's only (laughs) a few years old. He's only still a baby. He was only born in 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's just a few years old. He's only just been finished in 2018. So parts of me are less than a year old and I'm transgender. So I wasn't born with a penis. That's something that happened as part of my gender transition. Not all trans people choose surgery, but for me, It was a really vital part of my transition. So in 2015, I started the long process, no pun intended, (laughs) of going through no surgery. And that was phalloplasty. So radial forearm free flap phalloplasty. So he's very special because he's made from bits of me, reconfigured. And he's special because he is so new and I'm still learning and bonding with him. I'm still playing with him. I've recently out as gay, so I'm now playing with him in a whole new way. So that's why he's special, and that's why he gets talked about an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, let me go over to uh, I guess to switch back and forth because there's a we have a delay between our what we see in zoom and what happens in Facebook live um, okay. so let me go over there and check in to see if anybody has any awesome questions before ah. we get into the talk topic all right does anybody have any questions that they want to know does anybody want to ask Finn about his penis? Anything, any questions that you might have about his penis? So I'm going to periodically come over to check the the answers if you guys have any questions. Remember, there's a little bit of a delay. And I will be completely honest if I get really like in like in immersed in the conversation, I might forget to come check in. Okay. So if I do, please still ask please still put your questions in there. Don't, don't think I'm just ignoring you. I'm just so excited and I'm just so on the edge of listening to Finn and his, you know, wonderful storytelling that I have uh, not come over to see you. But by the, before we close up, I promise I'll come back and Finn will answer whatever questions that might be here. Okay.
1: Very open, very open to any questions.
0: All right. Beautiful. Okay. So where do we want to start? Like, Tell me what it was like having, going from having a vagina to having a penis. And like, what was that transition like?
1: Incredibly bizarre. I mean, for me, when I first realized I was transgender, I always said I'd never have lower surgery. I think for me, it was too much of a scary thing to go through. It's a huge surgery. It takes the skin from the entire left forearm. It's multiple surgeries. There's lots of complications on route. And I thought I couldn't put myself through that. And I was sort of thinking that your gender identity is not dependent on your body parts. Your gender identity is your identity. Mm -hmm. And as far as I was concerned, I was a man. I didn't need a penis to be male. It was fine. But what happened for me was that as I went through my gender transition and the more the hormones changed me and the more I moved from this space of feeling like a man to knowing I was a man. And that really shifted for me after top surgery. And it was then that once I saw my chest revealed, like my true chest for the first time, then my lower half started to be more problematic than it had been beforehand. I mean, gender dysphoria is intense. And I think the amount of gender dysphoria I had for my top half was so intense that it actually drowned out any other dysphoria. And then once I'd had the chest surgery, suddenly my genitals looked really wrong in comparison. You know, I was suddenly very aware that I was missing a penis, and I was starting to have real trouble in things like toilets, like going into a cubicle and having to wait for. Uh, I couldn't use urinals, of course. I had a stand to pee device for a while, which you can wear and pee through, but it was always feeling like I was going home at the end of the day and washing out this prosthetic penis and putting it on the on the side of the the bath, and it was just feeling like I need my penis. I need to go through this, and. It's, Hold on, it's I, got not an...
0: I got a question. I got a question. Okay, so for everybody who's listening who may not know what you were talking about, gender and body dyfor- dysphoria. Gen- dysphoria,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, can you identify that? Can you just fr- uh, put that into a framework so that everybody's on the same page with you around that?
1: It's the experience of your gender identity not matching with your gender presentation. So it's that feeling of mismatch between those two. It's not in itself a mental health condition, but of course it causes mental health conditions because of the distress it feels to know that you are one gender that I knew I was male, but my body was presented in a very female way. It grew female parts. And so that distress then in turn causes things like depression and anxiety and drinking issues that I had and all of that. So yes, it's a mismatch between your felt gender and the gender you've been assigned at birth, that's gender dysphoria. Okay. All
0: right. Continue.
1: Yes. Just a... Yeah. So um, when I first realized that that's what I, I needed, I needed to go through lower surgery. It's really difficult because a lot of people say, if you know you're a man, why wouldn't you want a penis? But it isn't that straightforward because getting a penis when you're a trans person means going through lots of surgery. And it's still a very young surgery over here in the UK, the London team have only been performing it since 1999 and it's had lots of problems on route. It's had a lot of bad information. A lot of people saying that it doesn't produce great results. There's lots of concern about losing sensation. And for me, when I went through transition, the hormones woke up my sex drive and I discovered that feeling of being sexual for the first time. And so for me, the the idea of going through a surgery that might change how I experience pleasure, I might lose the ability to orgasm was terrifying. So it wasn't as straightforward as I just need a penis, that's it. There was this weighing up of what if I go through surgery and I have a penis I can't feel. Mm. So I was having to make decisions based on guesswork. I knew I needed a penis, but having a penis meant giving up a portion of my arm it meant closing my vagina. It meant having a hysterectomy. It meant having my urethral pipe reconfigured. And all of those can cause issues. Now, I read a book, which I re- recommend to everyone, called Hung Jury*, And it talks about lots of different trans people's experience of lower surgery. And there was something in there that somebody had written about having a wet area compared to having a dry area. And I really related to that because like, the feeling of this wet area between my legs was something that was always a huge distress. So when it came to thinking about having the vaginectomy, I wanted that, but at the same time, I was terrified that if I had the vaginectomy, what if I couldn't feel my new penis? How then would I experience pleasure? Um, So it was decisions like that along the road In, in the, on the very first stage, they create the penis. That's the very first stage of the surgery. There's nothing else he's done to following stages. There's three stages in total. So first stage, they take a graft from your arm. Yeah. They create the penis. Second stage, they How close the vagina from your arm. They take a portion. They take skin from your forearm. Yeah. They take a skin from the top of your forearm and underneath for your forearm. Those are then rolled into a tube. So it's a tube within a tube, like a Swiss roll. Okay. So you'll have one, one skin rolled up in the middle, which becomes a urethra pipe. And then skin around the outside is the the penis. So it's very sausage-shaped in the beginning. It's just a strip of skin and fat. They take a double thickness graft. So it's a huge graft from your arm. I mean, a bit of a trigger warning here, but it is quite graphic. I mean, they take right the way down as much of the arm as they can. And that's what they create the penis with. So in terms of making the other decisions, did I want the vaginectomy and everything, that comes as part of the second stage. But once I had the first stage, I woke up from surgery. And the first thing I remember is hearing this heartbeat. You know, the ultrasounds that they have for pregnant women. Yeah, They take a nerve from your arm and arteries as well to give blood flow to the penis. And I knew that they would be checking on this, but I didn't know how exactly they'd be doing that. So I came around from surgery hearing this do do and I wondered what was going on and it was my penis's heartbeat (laughs) because they were putting this doppler on my penis to check if it was all working and the blood was was flowing and I often describe having this penis as having a new baby and having to look after it the minute I saw that penis I then realized because it looked so right it felt so right that everything else underneath it was then wrong so for me, once I had the first stage, it was clear I needed the vaginectomy. I needed everything else gone. But it's a surgery where I found that I've had to work out what I need on the way, rather than knowing the full picture when I started, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was, it was very much like my chest when I very first saw my chest. And I went, oh, yes, that's what my chest would look like. It's the same experience for my penis. As soon as I saw my penis, I then realized how wrong my vagina had actually been to have this closed yeah. area, to have... A penis the feeling of actually having my penis in my hand the weight of him how he felt was just this feeling of like everything inside myself clicking and slotting into place for the first time but i mean even at the early stage when he was nowhere near finished i mean they don't create the glands the head of the penis till the second stage and then you're you're hooked up to stand to pee at the second stage and Then the third say there's an erectile device. There's so much that's going on. So I had this penis from 2015 that was forever changing Mm -hmm. because each surgery was done. Then you'd have three to six months wait. Then you'd have another surgery. I've had five in total because things have gone wrong on the way. So it has almost been like, it's funny because before I had the surgery, a friend of mine said, how are you feeling? And I shared with her that I'm scared. I know I want the penis, but I'm really scared about, how it's going to be and she was pregnant and she said to me it's a bit like how I feel I I want this baby but I'm scared of like labor I'm scared of Mm. how I'm going to cope and I went my goodness you're exactly right and it's felt like that I brought this new penis home and he had to be kept at a 45 degree angle for six weeks he couldn't hang free I had to make sure that the the veins and nerves were all okay and all of that so having to constantly look after this new thing and that's why I love him so much. I mean, I've had to nurture and grow him and make sure he's okay and look after him on roots. I've had to learn to toilet train at the age of 45, <laughs> to learn how to use a toilet all over again, you know, and 2018 was my final stage, the erectile device. So I've only been able to get an erection for the last year and a half coming up two years. So I've had to learn how to use that having never had an erection in my life before, you know, all of a sudden I've got this new toy. I'm pump action by the way, so I can last forever. <laughs> so, and even now, I mean, one of my biggest joys on a daily basis is just to pump him up and stare at him erect. It's just an absolute delight. And now I've, I go back to like beforehand when I was so worried. And now I just think, I can't believe I haven't even questioned it. I needed this so much and I've been very blessed and actually, Lower surgery is much more successful now than it's ever been. But not many people talk about it. So unfortunately, most of the stories you hear of it are quite negative. But actually, most people, it's more common now to have a fully sense sensory penis, to be able to feel it, to be able to use it, and all of these things. There, It's very successful. I mean, I've got sensation. It's been peculiar with sensation coming back. Because I, I imagined I would have sensation return. But of course i'd never had a penis had i so it didn't return it grew sensation grew anew so, so it okay, so,
0: so what is that what's kind of the difference you know like the sensation of like your clitoral sensations versus the your penis sensations like
1: how yeah. are they
0: how are they different like what's the differences in them and stuff
1: i'm well, so think, yeah, this, I'm
0: so curious <laughs>
1: I, I know. I mean, this is why I love talking about it because I, I mean, for me, I mean, it's happening to me, but I still yeah. find it incredibly fascinating. So I always imagined that sensation would feel like it did beforehand that I would be able to touch myself an orgasm. Somebody else would be able to touch me and I'd orgasm. I thought that would how would work and it is, but it also isn't <laughs> because what they do is they take some nerves and they c- connect a main nerve from the back of your clitoris hood through your penis. Okay. That That is for erotic sensation. And another nerve is connected through your penis into an area somewhere in the lower abdomen, which gives you tactile sensation. So remember this penis has just been born, so it can't regrow sensation because it's never had it before. And I'd yeah. imagined that it would come back to life, a bit like a dead arm, that you know, an arm would come back to life. But of course, it had never been alive. So actually what's happened is the sensations regrown because nerve endings over time reconnect and gradually sensation returns. But what happened in the beginning was it was very displaced and I discovered it when I was first shaving my penis. This is another thing for you now, unfortunately arms are hairy and when arms are used to create penises, they get hairy. So I have to trim my penis every couple of weeks. Otherwise I look like Wolverine. (laughs) You know, okay, hold I, on, hold on I
0: let's go the, let's go ahead and see if there's any questions okay, okay sorry
1: I, I, i'm I, going I, off on one i told you
0: it's all, right, it's all right okay hold on here no we don't have any questions just lots of like loves and loving it and you know beautiful and hearts and happinesses and so I've
1: stumped people into no questions that's a
0: first <laughs> <laughs> oh dear Uh, uh, it's good it's good all right so okay so you're now sharing your penis every day or once what did you say once a week once every couple weeks Uh,
1: once every couple of weeks depending on you know yeah Yeah. if i'm going to the beach or not
0: (laughs) (laughs) so it's not furry okay
1: yeah so i'm about seven i think it was about seven months from the first stage and i was trimming my penis and at this point there wasn't any sensation at all where I'd had things slightly reconfigured underneath because what they do with the clitoris is they strip it right back. So they remove the hood and everything. And then eventually that gets buried under a a little tiny layer of skin once they do the vaginectomy. So I still had the clitoris was accessible underneath my penis after the first stage. So I'm trimming away on my penis and suddenly I'm aware that I can feel something (laughs) But I couldn't feel it in my penis. I could feel it in what was my clitoris, mm-hmm. which actually wasn't really there anymore. So I'm running the tremor up and down for quite a while, obviously, because it was fun. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I realized that that, that that was where I was feeling it. And that made sense because where the nerves are reconfigured, of course, the sensation that I feel would still come from the old place. And this has gradually got stronger over time. So at first it was like very subtle, but then a few, a little few few more months from then, it became more intense. So, I mean, actually it was quite intense for quite a while that I actually dare not touch myself because I'd hit the ceiling. It got so intense when the nerves were growing that mm-hmm. touching my penis was quite intense because it was like a really sharp electric shock in my old equipment, my clitoris. Mm-hmm. But also where the second nerve had been Connected to my abdomen, I was also getting displaced feelings as, as well there. So I touched my penis and I'd feel it either in my groin or in my old equipment, which got even stranger in stage two once everything was buried and you could no longer see my old parts. To actually be touching my penis but feeling it in my old parts was very bizarre. And it remains like that. I do have a very little bit of direct sensation when I touch my actual penis but the sensation I experience through other parts of my body. So when things are happening, of course it doesn't make any difference whatsoever because an orgasm is an orgasm no matter how it arrives. But of course, when it comes to penetrative sex, because I can't feel my actual penis itself, it makes driving him (laughs) a bit difficult sometimes because I can't tell exactly where he is. Mm. I can feel him being touched, but I don't know if this makes sense. So I can feel him being touched but I feel him being touched where my clitoris used to be or between my groin. So I'm having sensation, but because it's not on my penis, I don't always know where my penis is. Uh So I've had to learn how to move and penetrate with him blind. It's a very strange sensation. It's like putting your hand on a coffee table and feeling it on the dining table. It's a bit like that. It's Uh very bizarre, but it's sensation nonetheless. And It's arrived in a a way I wasn't expecting because my biggest fear was what if I have surgery, I have a penis, but I still have to find my old equipment in order to enjoy myself. That was what I was really worried about because Mm -hmm. you can choose to leave the clitoris unburied so you can access it to directly stimulate it Mm -hmm. should you not have enough sensation. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to just bury it. I can access it if I want. I can, it's, but now it's just like any other area on me that's pleasurable. It's an area under my penis that's pleasant to touch, but it's not necessary. Yeah. Because what's, what's happened over time is gradually in the very beginning after surgery, I'd have to incorporate my old parts a bit to reach orgasm. So in the very beginning after stage one, I would have to make sure that I was touching my clitoris whilst playing with my penis in order to orgasm which wasn't great because that was still causing a lot of dysphoria. I wanted to use my penis. But then in stage two, what I found completely by accident one day was even though my penis was flaccid, I was kind of been able to wank with it like anybody else. And the actual act of my hand hitting the base underneath was then stimulating my old equipment. So I was for the first time wanking like a cisgender male would be cisgender being somebody Whose identity um, is the same as the one they were assigned at birth, but now at um, however many years it is since i he was born two thousand and fifteen almost four years now isn 't it? Um, I can play with him, touch him, and i don 't have to worry about whether i 'm touching other areas. I can just play with him like anybody else and it's you know i don 't even think about other areas now; he just works, but sensation might still come from now i mean nerve endings take years to grow back but uh-huh. it's for me i was kind of i couldn't ever imagine what this sensation would be but it's not like i thought at all but yeah i can feel him i have i've shut him in a drawer before i can definitely feel him this is one of the problems with <laughs> exactly when you,
0: you like how many times have you like zipped him up slapped him in the oh, door. Dear. it's like it's like all of a sudden you got a new part dangling <laughs> out of nowhere like
1: Oh, I'm telling you, it changes your body completely because I've walked into tables and just not realized how much, I mean, I used to do it a lot of myself anyway, because my shoulders are broader in transition than they were before. And I walk into door frames quite a lot because I'm still getting used to my different frame. But in the beginning, when I had my penis for the first time, I was forever doing things like bumping into tables because I wasn't used to this new bulge in my pants. But I've got a plastic set of drawers in my bedroom. And one day I just kind of bumped against them to close the drawer, not thinking, and ended up catching my penis in it and then grinning because I was like, wow, I can feel that. That's amazing. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) bonus and all that. But yeah, it's um, the the thing with the trans penis is that we are one size. That's the difference. We are showers, not growers. So you get a penis that is a average size, like five and a half inches. But obviously I don't, when I go flaccid, I don't get smaller. The erectile device makes him erect, but I always stay one size. So there is like more to handle in our pants than usual. My partner always says I'm a show off. (laughs) <laughs> but it's not my fault, you know, I just don't shrink. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as, as you can hear, I'm very passionate about this because it's, it's so exciting and yes. it's so wonderful to talk about with people that want to talk about it. And I make a, my mission to talk about it because for me, when I wanted to go through surgery, when I knew it was something I needed, and there was so much negativity about this kind of surgery and so many incorrect views of this surgery that it was difficult for me to make an informed decision. Uh-huh. and there was such a lack of information other than very kind of surgical medical information i wanted first hand experiences of people who've been through this uh-huh. so i made a decision when i was going through it that i was going to share my experiences really honestly and there's been so many more trans people now going through this surgery because more people are being open it's not an easy thing to be open about it's something that it's become pretty much the main thing that I do (laughs) and it's something I'd never have decided I'm going to talk about my penis very loudly to anybody (laughs) who wants to listen but for me you know it's it's so important for trans people to know that this surgery works but also for people who aren't trans to see that this isn't just choosing a penis this is something that's changed my whole life I can access toilets now without feeling uncomfortable I can stand at a urinal like any other man I can have pleasure in my body in the same way as anyone else can But before I had to touch certain parts of my body and be very careful because some parts made me feel really uncomfortable and dysphoric whereas now my whole body is accessible my I can feel pleasure in every inch of my body so this is far more than just a surgery this has been something that's changed my life and given me a life because with a penis I can be really me and you know, I've got a partner and I, you know, I can be, I found myself to be gay, which mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have done had I not had this surgery because I was, I mean, we talked about this recently, didn't we? How confused I was about my sexuality and I'd liked men all my life, but didn't, couldn't have sex with them. It felt odd. and I didn't know why. Then I realized I was trans. And now I realized that the reason why it felt off with men was because they were treating me as a woman and I'm not a woman. So now as a man with a male body that I feel comfortable in, I can interact with people sexually and intimately in ways that work. And bingo, I discover I'm gay, which I wasn't expecting. But yeah, it's...
0: So tell me about like... So I have some like (laughs) logistical questions because I I know, right? So especially since it's like we're open forum. So do you have did they create testicles? Like what happened? Like, do you have some testicles? Like what's going on there?
1: Right. So what they do with the labia, they use that to create the scrotum. So you have a testicle implant. They're like a little squidgy implant, which goes into one of your testicles. The other testicle is the pump for the erectile device. So inside my scrotum, one side, I have a squidgy testicle. The other side, I have a pump. The pump has three parts. So it has a little reservoir that sits in my abdomen. It has the pump, which goes into my testicle and it has a cylinder, which goes through my penis. So the reservoir in my abdomen contains like a saline solution. So I have to squeeze my testicle, which my partner cannot watch me doing without wincing. <laughs> and I, the there's yeah, a
0: little oh. squeeze. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it has to be me that does it. He said, Oh, I can't, I can't squeeze that. I can't squeeze that. So it's got like a little bulb on it. So I have to squeeze that, which then lets the saline fluid in and through into the cylinder, which makes Finn Jr. erect. Yeah. And then there's a little button on the side of that pump that then lets him go down again. So that that's how it works a scrotum isn't great. I think if one thing's going to change about this surgery would be the scrotum, it needs work. But do you know what? I'm not bothered about mm. how the scrotum looks to me. It functions, it works, and it's fine.
0: Um, and when you have an orgasm, um, you're not ejaculating or are you ejaculating or what happens in that, that, that piece?
1: No, no, you see that, oh my goodness, that's got so much better since, I mean, I think because I'm now really comfortable in my body, of course, orgasms feel better anyway. Yeah. But what happens is where they did the vaginectomy, the way they do it means that everything closes up. But I think because of everything's then changed in there, the orgasms change. So because the muscles in there still contract with an orgasm. Yeah. I am feeling orgasms in a very much more intense way than I once did. So whereas I used to be very much internal, they are very external now, but I still get lots of this kind of internal spasming from the way things have been reconfigured in there. So it's far more intense than it ever was before this surgery. Um, No, there's no ejaculation. That isn't possible at all, but that means I can just keep going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's no need to roll over
1: and go to sleep. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> and there's no wet patch with me, so it's all right. <laughs>
0: there's no clean up in aisle three.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, it's it's quite strange. I mean, my, my partner when we first met. I mean, he was amazing. He he was he's never been any worried about any of this, but he did tell me that he was a bit afraid at first about seeing my penis. He'd never seen a trans person body before and what would it look like and he was just like oh it's a penis <laughs> you know who knew but i think that's the thing people have all this vision of like you often hear the term frankenstein penis my penis looks nothing like frankenstein he's beautiful so you know it, it, i think people just imagine something and it's not i mean he looks like every other penis i mean if you put him in a penis lineup he wouldn't show us any different to any other <laughs> penis you know he's he's just a penis <laughs> You know, just the fact that he's created differently, he's just like every other penis is.
0: Nice, nice. <laughs> I love it. If you put him in a penis lineup, you wouldn't be able to
1: pick him out. <laughs> no, <laughs> I would, of course. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's go see if anybody has any questions. All right, as we're closing up our our, our show today. Um, I want to give everybody an opportunity to ask any questions that they might have. All right. And there's a little bit of a delay, so give them a second.
1: La 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: oh, so somebody said last week I saw two sex uh shops selling lubes that are uh stimulations are similar to semen for those who have a fetish about it or so Mm uh i'm not really sure yes there are you know semen you know fake semen that you can get but um i'm not sure that really applies here would you what would you want to Weigh in there a little bit, Finley, on that.
1: There, there are some um, prosthetic penises for trans men that do have that ability to shoot semen should they wish. I have seen them, mm-hmm. but no, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother. I quite like the fact that I don't make a mess, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a clean boy. I mean, you yeah. <laughs> know, lube right. messy enough without making it even messier.
0: Nice, nice. But, you know, thank you. All right. Anybody else have any other statements, comments, questions that they want to share before we, you know, clear it up? Clean it up? (laughs) Clean it up. There's no cleanup. (laughs) There's no need for cleanup. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, hold on. Nobody has said it. Everybody's good. All right. So, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Actually, here's the one thing that I want to ask you before we, you know, finish the show. Mm -hmm. What is one thing that you could have told your younger self that you know now that would have changed your
1: life? To trust your instincts more. My instincts were screaming at me much earlier on to do this. And I think that's what I'd go back and do. I did have a bit of a drama session actually about that, where I talked to my future self and my future self told me to get a penis. So I think I'd have listened earlier. (laughs) That would be my one thing to my earlier self. We know our bodies. We know ourselves. When we drop into ourselves and feel, we know our answers. And I knew mine. It was just having that bit of extra courage to take it. So that's what I'd say. Although I always say I'm me because of my experience. So actually I wouldn't change anything. But younger me, sort it out so that certain
0: shit out quicker
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> well thank you thank you for being here thank you for sharing your experiences thank you for being so open and you know so easy to ask any kind of questions so how can people spend more time get more finley fin time with you
1: Oh, I love people having fin time. You can find me at finleygames.com. That's my main website and you'll find links to my YouTube there. I'm also writing a book about my lower surgery experience, about the um, surgery and about my sexual explorations. And I talk very openly on my blogs and my videos. So come and find me at finleygames.com and join the fin fam and have more frank talk about all sorts of things.
0: I love it. And all of those details will be in the show notes. So it's like easy to find him, um, you know, and follow him and get more fin time. Yay. So thank Yay. you. Thank you. Thank you thank for you being guys. you in the world.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm so glad we've met. Any I'm excuse, to so- chat about my penis with somebody that gets it. <laughs> Fabulous.
0: <laughs> love it. All right. So for all of my listeners, here's the housekeeping stuff that is really important that you need to know. One, if you are not following me on your, you know, podcasting platforms, why? Get her done. <laughs> Join me. Uh, you can find me on Spotify, Apple, Google. I have an app called My Orgasmic Life that you can get on Google Play Store. Like, There is no excuse that you can't have me with you all the time, every day. Second, um, follow me on social media, you know, under Gaia Morset or Empress Gaia. And if you want for all your sexual wellness needs and support, you can find me at succulentliving.com for all of your BDSM education and wellness needs. You can find me under empressgaia.com. And if you love what I do and want to be more engaging and play more with me in a course of professional non-sexual way. <laughs> <laughs> you can support my patreon and have a, you know more of an interactive experience with me. So have a juicy day may it be filled with exploration, pleasure, self-awareness and self-growth. Until t- 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 mm-hmm. next time bye bye! Mm-hmm.